favourite day of the year, actually, but way sick. Um, Honouring the, the arising of a Buddha in the world, uh, his birth, his enlightenment and final passing. And uh, just reflecting on uh, the, the endlessness of samsara, you know, how without the, the clarity of teaching of a Buddha that it, who is pointing the way out of suffering, of, of dukkha, of, of unsatisfactoriness, and of the, the constant uh, search for, for happiness, uh, we just keep on going around and around. So um, the chant we did earlier is called the 28 Buddhas chant, so it's listing Buddhas that are mentioned in the, in the early scriptures. I think, I think 24 are mentioned actually, so I'm not quite sure where the other four come from, but uh, that they're said to have been over um, eons, um, d different Buddhas have ar arisen in the world and, and brought teachings, and each one has had its own, his own particular way of, of um, imparting the teachings and we're fortunate enough to be still alive in the time when the teachings of uh, Sakyamuni or Shakyamuni Buddha are still available and, and being practiced and, and while there is, is still insight being realized through those teachings it's a, it's a beautiful thing that, that we are able to hear those teachings still after something like 2600 years. But uh, it is said that at some point those teachings are lost and um, there are no more people who have gained um, any of the, the penetrative insights, so uh, different levels of awakening. And, and at that time when the Dharma is lost, it doesn't mean that everything's a total mess, but it just means that there aren't those who've actually, uh, who are not, there is no one who's really awakened onto the, on the path. Um, of liberation in the way that it's described by the, the Buddha. And they say that when that happens, when it, when it completely dies out and there are no more people with, with that uh, depth of insight, then a, a Buddha arises again in the world. So uh, right now, I always have slightly mixed feelings about that because it would be great, wouldn't it, if a Buddha to be in the presence of a Buddha. And yet at the same time we want to keep the wheel of Dharma turning, so you don't want to stop it early <laughs> to get another Buddha to arise in the world. But so, um, yeah, just, it's just as I was sitting here, looking at these images and reflecting on, on um, you know, in my own life, how immensely powerful and, and vital, really, it was for me to hear the Buddha's teachings and how, for myself, how hopeless it felt before that. Because there was this sense of, um, this sense of what I was experiencing was this sense of, you know, the world promises happiness through, through the senses, you know, through gratification of the senses. And then I was, you know, doing my best to, to, <laughs> <laughs> to realize that <laughs> happiness. And then finally, like I could, I could enjoy it for a while, and then I was left with this sense of like, Ugh. it was either I'd either feel bad or feel a stronger craving. So it was just like one or the other, and and this sense of even you know, quite a young age, this sense of a real incredible frustration that the world is kind of promising something, but it, it's not delivering it. 
or it's, it's promising a happiness that, that is so ephemeral, that is so temporary that it just becomes ever, ever more addictive. And um, so before I heard the Dhamma, there was just this sense of incredible frustration. And, and I remember um, we had a, it wasn't uh, the Rolling Stones, it was the Devo version of uh, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. And I remember listening to that and it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's it, that's it. You know, you just, however you actually try, it just doesn't satisfy. And then the sense of like, so then what, you know? And um, fortunately, I was also quite young when I came across the Buddha's teachings, and that that suddenly was just like a like a revelation and a, and a revolution really inside. Of uh, wow, you know, there's there is a way out of this of this endless wanting and not wanting. <coughs> And although I didn't really understand how to do that, or, but I, I had a real deep confidence that the Buddha knows the way out of, of dukkha, the way out of suffering. And, and, and the path is there, and it just may take a while to understand where it is and how to, how to walk it. But um, I sometimes reflect on it, you know, what if that teaching wasn't here? You know, how many... You know, well... You know, how many people who would have, would have just, like not survived because there's just this, this bumping up against the the endless uh, wanting and not wanting in life and, and knowing also that you know there's the, we celebrate birth and it's beautiful and and then the body goes through its process and, and dies and that's what happens to bodies and it's meant to be that way and so when you when you reflect on it there's a sense of like if without Without a liberating teaching, there's a sense of kind of pointlessness for me, anyway. Pointlessness and hopelessness and and uh, frustration, maybe even a sense of being trapped. That's I think I was experiencing in that way. I felt trapped in a in a in a lifetime that's kind of I don't have much control over. And, and then the Buddha's pointing to this this place of freedom that is accessible here and now at, at any moment and uh, and even pointing to how those very drives of, of uh, those thirsts that, that, that drive us when we when we turn towards them and understand them become what motivates us to awaken so they, they turn from being a, a an affliction into being a, 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 a source or a, an encouragement for liberation, and then there's the long, hard work of, of uh, transforming the heart um, from the habits of greed and hatred and delusion, and gradually transforming those those habits into you know, generosity and patience and renunciation and um, kindness, compassion. Um, celebration of, other, of the good fortune of others and, uh, and clarity, seeing the truth of the way things are. So when we see the truth of the way things are, we see the constant changing nature of things. We see that the senses that we're wanting to gratify are themselves just so... so they're, they're changing all the time. Our sense experience is changing all the time. 
and uh, when we can align with it, then then it's kind of fascinating. It's kind of beautiful in itself. We don't need anything else. We're just seeing the truth. We're like, wow, look at that. It's it's so it's so full. And then when we don't see it, we're we're looking for this, looking for that, trying to get rid of this, trying to get rid of that, hoping for things, regretting things. And mm-hmm. So the the truth is like um. When we when we align our minds to it, and it's it's actually not so difficult, but it's difficult to remember, and it's also sometimes difficult to notice because it's when we see it, it's it's kind of so ordinary, the changing nature of things, we can miss it. But when we do, when we let the minds settle, and just align the mind to to this, to this, 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 then the the teaching reveals itself. So the the truth of impermanence reveals itself in our presence, in our in our collectedness, and the truth of uh, that there is no core self that we can really pin down here reveals itself. It's not a, it's not a doctrine to be believed, but it's something that reveals itself when we when we investigate and look. And the truth of uh, Trying to find lasting happiness in what is not lasting reveals itself. <laughs> so those three three teachings they kind of they they reveal themselves as we as our mind is more collected, and as we slow down enough to uh, you know when we're not when we're just rushing around, then we're we're kind of being driven by those same forces in a way, and we and we don't slow down enough to see of, of like you know wanting and not wanting and, and ignoring. And we don't really slow down enough to see the the changing nature of things or to investigate, you know, the the feelings that arise here or the moods or the body itself. We don't slow down enough to investigate it, then we're just following old habits and reinforcing a, a, a an idea of the world and of ourselves that we've maybe grown up with. But if we slow down and let the mind get more collected and then in, and then Take an interest in what's going on here and and also out here, then uh, then the Dhamma un, it it it's revealed. So the Buddha was pointing to this truth. It's a timeless truth. It's not his. We talk about the Buddha's teachings, and the, and the, and it is the Buddha's teachings. But it's what he's teaching is is how to see what is. What has always been here, and uh, what we what we miss, what we overlook, or what we ignore, and so he's just pointing to a very ancient, timeless truth that is accessible to everybody, and uh, and we might glimpse it for moments, and then we and then we forget again, and we're lost in the story. And, me and my life and all the things I've got to do and where I come from and and the world and you know we get lost in those stories and, and then and then maybe we stop or maybe we just go outside and we're just in awe for a moment of the I don't know, the beauty of nature and then the mind opens and, and all the stories fall away and, and maybe for a moment we experience that that presence where there isn't somebody doing something or commenting on something or planning something and it's just presence and in that presence it's like a, it's like a door a doorway to the truth
And uh, I think probably everybody's touched that from time to time. <coughs> so the the teachings, are, uh, you know, there are volumes of, of of scriptures of teachings given by the Buddha, and the teachings can be very complex. One can approach them in a way of in a way it's very refined and very complex, and they can also be very simple depending on how we pick them up and, 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 the, and the tendency of our minds. So some minds will really enjoy the complexity and subtlety of the teachings and they can get into all kinds of um, you know, refinements and debates and uh, explorations. And then other minds just like to have it simple. So I'm more of a simple mind type. So the, the those three characteristics of recognising in, in everything... In, in ourselves, what we call ourselves, and in everything in the world, everything's changing. To f- look for satisfaction in what is changing is dukkha, is uh, unsatisfactory. And when we look at, you know, try and look at what we call ourselves, when we look more carefully, it's hard to pin it down. So I like to... to um, just reflect on like the breath, for example, one of the the teachings that the Buddha gave, and probably the most detailed meditation instruction he gave that has been passed down is on the breath. And when we pay attention to the breath, which is completely vital, literally vital to our lives, you know, we just can only survive for a few minutes without our breath. Then when we look at it, what is it? It's this this constantly moving process of something we can't see <laughs> that doesn't appear to have anything anything substantial about it that's just moving in and moving out of the body so without that we're, we're dead in a few minutes and yet with it there's this vitality and yet what is it and, and where at what point is it me at what point is it mine you know we can say well, it's me when it's in my lungs or it's me when it touches my nose or but is it, or is it just the movement of air in and out of the body? And it's the same, that's the most obvious one in a way, and then it's the same with the whole body. It's like we, today we had really nice breakfast and, and, and a lovely lunch, and then we had uh, water to drink and tea and so on, and so that's all nourished our bodies. It's in there now, it's part of us, it's part of me. Lunch and breakfast and, and tea is all part of me. And then at some point it won't be part of me anymore. So the, the body is a process in, in relationship with the earth and, and all elements. So it's just these just reflections that the Buddha points to so that we can start to see a bit more clearly that this, this strong sense of separate self that we experience isn't as real as it appears. And the, the dukkha that we experience from feeling that separate self can be re- can be released when we understand truly what's going on here. And uh, it's it's a simple exploration and it's a profound one. So uh, so I am, it's always I'm always happy to have a day to honour the Buddha, you know, who illuminated these simple and profound truths. And just grateful that he was a human being, you know, who experienced hunger and thirst and 
exhaustion and all those things, just like us. So that's what I'm going to say today.